This is the American Indoctrinated Podcast with Evan and Brittany. This is a show where we discuss issues that Americans have been indoctrinated on, have full-length discussions about how we got here, talk about the facts behind each issue, and how it links back to our constitutional rights. Let's go! Welcome to another episode of America Indoctrinated. One of the things we are going to discuss today is elections. I think that this is something that people don't want to talk about because, number one, the left makes you feel like you are actually an insane person for wanting to have election integrity and basically paint you as a crazy person. So a lot of people don't want to touch it. A lot of people want to move on from 2020. And there are a lot of people that are pushing back on a lot of this election stuff. I will say that I worked the election in Georgia on the 24th of May. Everything seemed normal, but I will say there are some things about the Dominion machines that make me very uncomfortable. And I think that people have a valid concern. And especially what we're seeing happen in DeKalb County here in Georgia. DeKalb is famous for having problems and this election was no exception. So I think that we really need to look at these Dominion machines and really, are they something that we should be utilizing? And I honestly don't think that we should be. I think we need to go back to more of a paper ballot type situation. We're trying to go back to our old voter machines. That's something that we're going to try and push here in the state of Georgia. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about election integrity, but I think you'd have to be a complete and utter buffoon to not recognize that there has been some serious problems with our voter system. There's so many different things, the Dominion machines, the ballot harvesting and all the mules and things like that. But to me, it's that's just the surface, right? At least from my perspective and living in Arizona, we have a ton of immigrants here and it's really hard to track when it comes to the mail-in ballots, who's actually voting, who's a legal voter. Um, when it comes to those machines, it's really hard to substantiate who is the person that's actually doing the voting. If someone steals your ID, steals your social security number, are they now able to use your name and your number to go vote? And if that's the case and you show up to the voting booth and they say, oh, you've already voted, you say, no, I haven't. From what I've read, people were showing up and voting twice or they were saying, I never voted. They show up to vote and someone already casted a vote in their name and they're like, I never did this. There was a candidate running for school board here in the state of Georgia. So he was on our show, Keith Paget. He actually went to vote with his mother and they're like, you already voted. He's no, I didn't. And they're like, yep, you've already cast your vote. And he's like, no, I didn't. So they had to swill the ballot and allow him to vote. But how does that happen? How, and here's the other thing that I have a really big issue with. I think that people that are engaged and understand what's going on in the political atmosphere, and this is my view on primaries, and it doesn't mean that I'm right, but I do think that we want educated voters out voting primaries because they're the ones deciding what candidates and what quality candidates we're getting to go into the final general election. And I think encouraging everyone, even if they're not educated on who's running, to go out and vote, I think that's irresponsible. I agree in a certain extent. The reason it's irresponsible is because there's a lot of potential for abuse. So there was a woman that was recently arrested in Arizona. What she was doing was she was going around into very strong like Hispanic communities and was helping people vote that had never voted before. She was helping people get registered. And a lot of these people had no idea what the issues were. How are we even supposed to know if these were legal voters or she was finding loopholes in order to get them registered? It became so messy under the COVID restrictions 
that it was really easy for people who knew how to trick the system to take advantage of that loophole. And so I feel like what you're saying is spot on to just encourage everybody to go out and vote can be really dangerous because a lot of these people haven't researched issues. And so they become very susceptible to just voting for what is popular or what someone in their network is telling them to do. And so you get this woman here in Arizona who's a Hispanic woman who gains the trust of these Hispanic communities and just goes in and they trust her and she says, vote for this person. Little do these people know that a lot of the people they're voting for would actually be completely against what they stand for as Christian family-oriented Hispanic families. They're voting for people who support abortion en masse and who are just supporting LGBT like crazy and they're cramming all this down and they hate Christians and they don't even know. They don't even know that's what they're voting for. Yeah, they're they encouraging Hispanic, so Yeah, they're encouraging people to vote against their own self-interest, right? And mm-hmm. I think also, yes, it is something that we should practice in this country. However, I do think that if you don't think it's that important to vote, then don't. I don't think that pushing people to vote in an atmosphere where they don't understand what's going on, I think that's irresponsible. What would be a good solution, do you think? How do we create a system that is equal so everybody who wants to vote, truly wants to vote, can vote, but also that they are what you would consider worthy, I would say, maybe? Like, what? what's a good... What's a good system? Because then who decides what someone is capable of understanding on a voting thing? Because we don't let people who are mentally handicapped, like mentally retarded vote, do we? You have to have a mental capacity for sure to vote. And that's why a lot of these old folks homes that had a lot of people voting, they're like, my mother cannot vote. I don't know how this happened because she's not mentally capable. She doesn't understand what's going on. People have dementia. Those people are not voting. But in the 2020 election, you did see 99% participation in yeah. these homes. So yeah, it's like Alzheimer's homes. Yeah, for like, exactly. It's like you go to an Alzheimer's home and it's 99% of the patients here voted for Biden. How did that happen? Exactly. These people like, can't, and, can't even remember. And they basically were Republicans their whole life until they ended up in this nursing home. So that's also yeah. interesting. One of the jokes that some of the Republicans have is, hey, when I die, just make sure that when I vote, I still vote Republican. Don't let me vote Democrat. That's a joke because this is not a Democrat Republican issue. This is an America issue. And we should all want it to be secure and that we are making the decisions as the people, even if we lose. And I think it's been since 1990, I want to say 98 or 96, since we have not had a contested election. It's way more polar. What does that mean? What is like a non-contested election? Meaning that they gracefully say you won and they, they're not calling for a recount. They're not saying that someone cheated. It's you're the better person. You won fair and square congratulations. That tradition has gone away in our country. And every time someone loses, it's fraud, it's illegitimate, it's all the things. And it's just so interesting because it's like, people are mad at Trump, which, okay, whatever. But also it's been, why aren't you mad at Hillary for doing the same thing? Because she still claims that she won the 2016 election. So don't try to tell me that it's all Donald Trump and that he's the only one. I mean, we've contested elections since I believe it was 1996. And we've continued to do that. So We need to get to a point in this country where we trust elections and that people that run are dignified and they continue to support integrity in our elections by doing the right thing and saying, hey, I lost fair and square. You ran a good race. I'll see you next time, whatever it is. But I think something that could help with that is honestly term limits. Absolutely. Because except for with people president, would be a lot more. With, except well, for with presidents, uh, well, the, it's very, they got eight years and there's, those are the highly contested races are those presidential elections. But I think the reason it is because 
the president only has as much power as president based off of how much of Congress his same party holds. So when you have people like Biden, he has way more power because you have people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all those other clowns. And what's his name that wears his pants up to his nipples? Jerry Nadler. Nadler. He's horrible. Like how who how does that buffoon win a race? I don't know. Anyways, that's well. That's I guess that's a discussion in of itself. Like whoever, and that's the other part of the voting thing is it's really hard to decide like who can and can't vote other than like the obvious ones of like you're under eighteen or you're not a legal citizen. Or you have a you're incapacitated. Legit, yeah, you have a legit disability, but everything else, it's like really hard to decide. And, and, and it's like, how many people voted for? Let's look at Nancy Pelosi. Or I genuinely look at people like Maxine Waters as being like, I, I honestly can't fathom a more incompetent person other than maybe Joe Biden. You just look at how they talk; they are not on the same planet. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but she looks like she looks and sounds like she's actually retarded. Like that she's got some sort of problem i don't know i mean being 100 years old when she was younger maybe she was sharper yeah she could have been sharper when she was younger i do see videos of joe biden and he was definitely sharper when he was younger didn't mean he wasn't still a liar because he was i don't know if people know this but in the 80s biden ran for president and he had to drop out of the race because he got caught plagiarizing speeches and then a bunch of people from his university where he went to law school came out and talked about how he was caught plagiarizing in law school as well so biden this is just a him being a liar is just what he's done his whole life. But when he was younger, he was a little bit sharper and he could hide his lies a little bit easier. But my point being is I think races would be contested a lot less for presidents if the public and the presidents themselves knew, oh, when I'm out of office or these like people who are in the House or in the Senate right now, they're probably not going to even be in there once I'm president. Or they're not going to be there the full time. If I'm in presidency for eight years, there's a good chance that they won't even stay in office the entire time because this person's time's going to be up halfway through my presidency. This person, they're going to be up by the time I even get elected. So you're constantly not only trying to get votes from your own party to become president, but you also have to the people in Congress that you can work with because it's going to be it's going to be changing so rapidly. There's going to be a new people in Congress and in the Senate constantly because we're going to have term limits. And to me, I think that would help. I think that would help a lot of our problems in our country, but it would help the election process. People aren't going to get as crazy about the presidential election if their senators are changing every 12 years. I agree. I also think that there's some other things with campaigning and things like that need to change. Lobbying has to change. The amount that a campaign can have funding wise has to change. And I will tell you, it's really hard to find people to run for positions. I do know of someone here. A few Is that because of cost? People don't have the money to run? They don't have the money and they don't want to be persecuted. Honestly, I think that's a big thing. People are concerned about their families. I know that there have been several people that have gotten death threats and things like that by running. There's a lot of things that have, even in the local elections, just school board and the election board down here, there was some serious attacks in the newspapers and just untrue things. And it's really hard for people to to handle that kind of thing, especially one of the gals had a young baby. I think her baby is maybe a year old and she's running for office because she wants to see change. She doesn't like what's happening in Chatham County in the schools and and lying about things that she's doing or not doing. And so why is it that for any office they can't sue for libel. I don't understand that. Because like, you're putting yourself in a position you, where you are a public figure. And I think that's something that has to change because I don't care if you're a public figure. You should not be getting death threats. I don't think that's okay. I think that regardless of if you're a public figure or not, you should be protected the same as everyone else. 
What kind of death threats? So people will outright say, I'm going to come to your home and kill you. Mm-hmm. And it's anonymous messages that they're getting. Do they get it through like Twitter? Is it like an email or are people like actually showing up to rallies like saying, I'm going to kill you? So in our in Chatham County, we didn't really have any of that that I'm aware of. But I do know that it has happened other places and that people just don't want to open themselves up to that and the attacks and If you become too big of a threat, who knows what they will do? Because I will tell you what the left is really good at is they're good at organization and they're good at getting the word out to destroy this person. You see it when you look at the Supreme Court judges, like really a little bit more mobile when it comes to that. It seems like conservatives are a lot less likely to do that kind of crap. Absolutely. Because we have stuff to do. I work a full time job. Like I don't have time to do that. And so I think it's really hard to get people to run, especially because it's so messy. Who wants that job? And what has happened here is that because no one has run a, has run against these people, they automatically just get their seat and they're not challenged. So they just do what they want and they make up every excuse in the book why they vote for something. But then it's okay. What are you doing to fix this problem? What are you doing to fix the problem? If you think that you can't read a bill that's 700 pages long, what's the solution to that? It's not voting for it. I'll tell you that much. It's not voting for it. It's taking a stand. You guys need to get your shit together. You guys need to rally and you guys should be looking at what the solutions are to the problems that are going on in Congress. And I feel very strongly that we should not have bills that are 700 pages. The American people should be able to sit down and read each bill. Therefore, they should be three to five pages. That's it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things in that regard, too, that could help with preventing voter fraud, too, is there has to be a streamlined process of where people in office, whether it's from Congress all the way down to the city council, have a much more streamlined process of communicating with their constituents. There should be a mandatory town hall meeting every month. There should be an email that not just your staff answers. And I understand if you're in Congress and you're overseas, like your district has 300,000 people or even like a million people, you can't just answer every email. That's obviously impossible. But you could talk to at least delegates. You could answer delegates. You could I don't know, do way more town hall meetings. And I feel like I am seeing that coming about with a lot more of these younger people in Congress. I think another thing that could help with voting is not only term limits, but maybe we should have age limits. You can't run for president until you're 33 and you can't run for Congress. I think until you're 18, you have to be at least 18 to run for Congress. You have to be 30. To run for Congress? Yeah. Oh, no. I no, think Matt, it's, Congress I it is 18. different. Yeah. Congress is, I don't know if it's 18. The Constitution sets three qualifications for service in the U.S. Senate. You have to be 30 years of age, citizen for nine years, and residency in the state a senator represents at the time of the election. What about it's House? It's 25 for Chris. So right, it's, it's 25, 25, 30, and 35. 25, 30, 35. So we have age limits. Why don't we have age caps on the other end? Like 80 might be a good start. Look at these fucking morons that are in Congress. Some of them are ancient. But if I look at President Trump, he's pretty old. He's 75, I think. And it's like, so if you make it 70, that could, that would have excluded him. I just don't know. I don't know where, to me, the best way to get rid of voter fraud, because we're always going to have it. Obviously, we need to set up these systems. Mail-in voting should not be a thing, unless it's, what do they call it, where it's like you have a certain circumstance that prevents you to go in and vote. Like You're really sick, or you are disabled, or... Like disabled, like you're... Yeah, like physically. Or maybe you're out of the country for business or something. Or you're a service member, right? Serving yeah, the country. so there's mm-hmm. certain... Yeah, okay, so there's certain exceptions. That makes sense. But why we just allowed it for everybody because of COVID, there's always going to 
be ways that people are going to try and manipulate the system in order to get voter fraud through. And I think the best way is to combat that is to just, all right, we just won't make it as appealing for the people you're voting for. We don't keep these people in power as long. They don't have nearly as much power as they once did. We're going to shrink the government drastically. We're going to get rid of a lot of these administrative roles. Basically, the fourth branch of government is the administration state. We're going to completely eliminate that. And that way, when you're voting, you're like, why am I going to try and cheat and do all this work to steal a vote when these people can't really do much anyway? It's like nobody's going and cheating to vote who's going to be class president at a high school. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what are they going to do? What's a student body officer going to do at a high school? You know what I mean? No, but I will tell you that I do think they'd cheat for school board stuff. So yeah, because they have too much power, yeah, yeah, they have too yeah. much control. Yeah, remove the power, remove the control, and it's gonna. It will I think minimize it. Fix. Yeah, well, minimize, minimize it. it. Because here's the thing: I think most people. Actually, I'm going to take that back. Initially, I think in this country, people that were involved with Congress and the Senate and presidency, they were doing it as a service. And I think that's something that we've lost is that it is a service. It's like serving your country. It was never meant to be a place where you could make a lot of money or have a lot of supreme power and make decisions against the American people that don't benefit us. I think that that's something that has been corrupted. When people go into office in their first terms of office, I do think that they are trying to do the right thing. But I do think having a little bit more of the changeover will help us be able to get some things done because people also understand they're on a time limit. So I think they should be able to serve two terms, whatever that looks like, and that should be it. Just like the president, maybe they are longer terms, like you said, 12 years for a senator. I believe Congress is two years, so maybe they could do two terms. Six. That would be three I would terms. think maybe 12 years for both houses. So it'd be two terms for senator and potentially six terms for someone in the house. So that's 12 years. And then president would stay at eight. I think that's fair. I think that's totally a fair way to do it. And 12 years is plenty of time. If you can't get shit done in 12 years, like you suck at what you're doing. Yep. If you can't change anything. And additionally, it will take the people who do want to make a lot of money, it'll take them out of politics. Yep. It'll And it'll make like, I'm only going to serve because I just want to make some changes. I want to help. I want to do what I can. But guess what? I'm way more interested in like building a business. So I'm going to run. And if I get elected, maybe I'll do six years. Maybe I'll do I'll be running for Congress. Like Maybe I'll just do two years, a quick two year, see if I can change anything, if I can help anything, advocate for my constituents. And then I'm out because I want to run my business. I want to make some money. But the opposite is true. People stay in. Like, I cannot believe that Nancy Pelosi is running again. Not only how anybody in their right mind is voting for that mature freaking monster who can't even keep her teeth in her head, but how her own, like you can, it's just so demonstrative of how hungry and desirous she is of just holding on to power because she just wants to keep running. She wants to stay in. She's 80 something years old. And that's what she wants to do. Like, she's not interested in helping anybody. She's interested in just cementing in her legacy. And that's all it is. And I think the more we can remove that ability, the better off the country will be. I agree. And there's big problems in California with voting and the ballot harvesting I 100% disagree with. I think people should be able to vote if they want to vote. But I think going and encouraging people to vote, I don't think that is in a slimy way, honestly. I think that you asked me what the solution is, but I think it's a culture problem. We do need to have some sort of patriotic education, which Trump was trying to do, where you are taught right. to love America. You are taught to what you know the country stands for and why the Constitution is so important and what the Bill of Rights looks like. And also, I think we need to teach people what their rights are. And I think that's been removed for a reason, because if people don't understand what their rights are, they don't understand when they're being infringed upon. 
And I think that's part of it. But also taking pride in the fact that you're a voter and you're an educated voter. I think that's something that we should push in this country. And we have more resources than ever to do research. And I will tell you, it takes me probably two days to research my candidates and decide who I'm voting for. Because I do go through their voting record. I do look at some of the stuff they've been involved in and make my decisions from there. The reason that I don't want to vote for Kemp is because how involved he is with China makes me very uncomfortable. So that What's his first name again? Brian. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All in the news and stuff. Yeah. And he's establishment. And I'm sick of seeing establishment people in there. I want to see more grassroots people get in. I'm excited Herschel Walker won his race. He'll be going up against Raphael Warnock, who is a terrible candidate anyways. So I think that will be... Too many people vote on identity. And that what you're saying is how it should be. That's how voting should be. It shouldn't be because they have an R or a D by their name. It shouldn't be because they're a woman or a man. It shouldn't be because they're black or white or Asian. It should honestly just be what's their best policies? Why are they the best candidate? I don't care necessarily about what their personal choices have been in life. That has a little bit of bearing, but it has less bearing to me than what policies they're going to try and push for. But people don't vote that way. People vote as a collective. And that's what got Mitt Romney elected, honestly, in Utah. And that's what's going to continue to get people like Maxine Waters elected, who's just a freaking absolute joke. Like how she's representing anybody in our highest government in the land. I can't even, she's like a clown. She's literally like a clown. And here's the other thing. I understand we need to hold elected officials accountable. If people don't have faith in elections, that's a huge problem. But also a lot of people in Congress and Senate that have acted in a treasonous manner that they should be prosecuted for. How hateful can you be? We have Ilhan Omar going to Pakistan and creating problems because she said she's not there on official business, but we paid for it. The taxpayer paid for her to go to Pakistan. And that's a huge issue for India, which puts our ties with India at risk. And they're one of our greatest allies. To be honest. Yeah. And it's like, why is she there? What is going on? And they just acted right. like she was there in a in her personal capacity. I'm sorry. If it's on the taxpayer dime, it's not in a personal capacity. What are right. you doing? So she... But you're a public figure, so it's like... Exactly. And she's done a ton of stuff that I feel like is very treasonous, very hateful towards the country. If you hate this country so much, leave. That's how I feel right. about it. I think the other thing that is a huge problem, so going back to voter integrity, I think with these Dominion machines, my big issue with them, you remember like doing Scantrons where you fill in the bubbles and then they put it through a machine and they tell you what you got wrong. The Dominion machine actually uses a QR code when it scans. So QR codes are very easy to manipulate and they can be pre-programmed to decide what that looks like. In the state of Georgia, Brad Rathensberger is the Secretary of State. He's done a terrible job. I don't know anyone that was going to vote for him, even though I know people that would vote for Kemp. So he was never under 50% the entire time in Georgia. That doesn't make any sense. So I think the voting systems have been manipulated. Those QR codes, when they're scanned, it they are able to flip votes. And it's predetermined. And it's funny, the GOP down here is no one's been prosecuted. We're not going to talk about it. And people are pissed. They're like, what do you mean we're not going to talk about it? This is a problem. And if we don't fix it now, we will never have another fair election in this country. And they're just going to keep doing whatever they want. And not only do we have the Democrats doing it, we now have rhino Republicans, establishment Republicans doing this shit. It's not okay. And if there's nothing to hide, why won't you investigate? Why won't you do a recount? Why are you so adamant that you're not touching voter integrity? Yeah, and we've seen people already being prosecuted. We're seeing this 2,000 mules come out. 
whether it's ballot harvesting or manipulation of Dominion machines, there clearly is, has been, and there probably will continue to be voter fraud in a certain extent. And it's up to us to try and combat it the best we can and to be aware of it. And I think what you've been doing, like going and doing the poll monitoring and counting and maybe even counting hand ballots. And there's a lot of different solutions. I think on the voter side, obviously voter IDs, voting a person is huge, verifying your ID, things like that. But at the end of the day, let's just get as much power away from these clowns as possible. And then people aren't going to be, they're not going to care as much to try and steal an election or corrupt the system because it's like corrupt for what? What am I getting out of this? Exactly. And I think people just need to get involved. You need to understand the process and procedures. So how long do you have to petition a an election. What does that look like? Who do I need to get in contact with? What are the organizations that can help me get this going? We have, I believe we have seven organizations in Georgia that we are actually having go against this voter integrity stuff and trying to push them to do a hand recount. So I think people should just get involved, stay in tune to what's going on. Don't bury your head in the sand. We have a fight ahead of us. And I think that we all have to stay engaged. We need to get other people engaged and we need to just do the right thing, regardless if it impacts a Republican or a Democrat. That's my two cents. I agree. And before we sign off on this, I voted for Trump both times in the first one when there was the allegations that Russia hacked the system and that he possibly was elected because of that. I was 100% on board with trying to figure that out. I wanted to know. I, As much as I did want Trump to be the president, if it was because it was literally stolen by Russia and they were able to hack the system, that was what was being claimed, I would definitely be okay with him being removed from office if that was the case, even if it was my person that won. So 100%. And that's how picking backing off of what you said, too. And that's where we have to go. We just have to be able to do the right thing, regardless of if we win or lose. So go out there, get involved. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Please listen, like and follow the podcast. And we'll see you guys next time. If you like this episode, share it with your friends, write us a review, listen, like, and follow the podcast, and we will see you all next week.